Blog Talk Radio. Ray and Tay today. Yes, Sports Radio's on, talking sports with friends, and you know we got it on from the NFL to the NBA, MLB and college hoops do it all day, college football, we know who's number one, understand, on the phones, you know we get it done, so call in 718-664-9098 and we'll give you more. Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. You're listening to Ray and Tay today, and I'm Ray Tall Rayside. And I'm Tay, Eric Taylor, and it is Friday. Give us a call, 718-664-9098. Like always, rayandtaytoday.com, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, iTunes. We are here for you. You want to send us your thoughts on the NBA, Russell, Durant, the Knicks and Oakley, Send us emails, today at gmail.com, or just tweet at us. You know, we, we're open to it all. Ray, we got some college hoops and some NFL free agency quarterbacks to get into, but first we start with the drama and the mess in New York as it continues. The Knicks just, I guess, this afternoon, early or late morning, fired the head of their security we all know what's happened the last couple of days. Even last night, the Rangers were cheering their fans for Oakley. Where do you think – it's not about who's wrong and what video comes out. I guess at this point, everybody could have handled it better. But the embarrassment level – and now Phil Jackson, it's almost like nobody's talking about his tweet with Kevin Ding anymore. But where do you think the Knicks go from here in terms of a PR – let alone what they're destroying with with future NBA free agents, where do they go to try to mend or heal the relationship with their own fans, the NBA, and Charles Oakley himself? Nowhere. I I think the Knicks are that arrogant and that obstinate that they won't do anything. They'll just be business as usual. And Dolan owns the team, so nobody's going to make him do anything. Look, eventually Phil Jackson's going to be gone in the next year or two, so he'll get himself a new GM and there'll be a new regime in there. Hornacek, don't know how long he'll stay on as coach. But ultimately, this you know how they say it starts from the top? Well, this starts from the very top. And yeah. Jim Dolan is not going to change, and he doesn't have to. He There's nobody that's going to take him and, and, and slap him on the wrist. Uh, Adam Silver might call him and try to well, get him. Well, that's what piece. I was going to ask you. Don't you think Adam Silver might have a little sit-down talk with him? This doesn't look he will, good, right? But, but what's he going to do? He owns the team. Nobody's going to do anything. He hasn't done anything that's in violation of the owner's code. He didn't do a, 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 a dance, a uh, you know, Sterling, right? So, unfortunately, and this is where we, we come about, this is the angle we come at it as Nick fans, Right. We're stuck with this regime and stuck with this owner because there's nothing we can do. He's not going to sell the team. The team he owns it outright, and he has it's a public company. Where he's got vote, you know super majority voting shares, so there's really nothing to do. Really nothing, nothing, not a thing you can do. You can you can put some pressure on him in the media, and you can try to pressure him, and then maybe some of the other owners will say, hey, this is not the way. We want to run a team, but look, he owns the team. He's not the minority owner. He's the majority owner. He owns the squad. <laughs> so I've got to tell you, I, I, heard, I heard something pretty funny today, and i got to admit, I was just like, wow. You, the oldest owner in the NBA, I think it's 1983, it's the Pacers owner, you would never see 
the Pacers, right, having this with uh, Rick Smith or Dale Davis or Antonio Davis, I, I just feel between the whole Phil trying to either shame, disrespect, or embarrass Carmelo, uh, which has just gone on for too much, and then now this Dolan Oakley thing, and you know, hey, yes, I'm sure Oakley has been critical over the years. Dolan's, what, been the owner 15 or 17 years now. Um, but, you know, they've never really even had a sit down or met. So, I mean, it's almost kind of like, you know, and Oakley said, hey, in New Orleans four or five years ago, I tried to say hello and shake his hand and he just didn't even want to. I mean, this to me, it's beyond embarrassing and disrespect. It's, it's just stupid because guess what? whether it's McEnroe talking or other people with cameras, eventually the truth will come out. And whether Oakley said a couple of things, and, and listen, I'll tell you right now, there's two gentlemen that are live on the air, Ray and Tay at the age of 12 and 13, that gave the business to Dave the Butcher. And, uh, <laughs> and I'll you know, be Yankee, anybody that would I'll listen. Yankee, <laughs> we gave the business to everybody. And guess what? A fan pays his seat. You can say a lot, and I'm sure other people besides Oakley have said way more. I don't know. I'm not saying that he didn't say anything, and he could have handled it better. Oakley is in the wrong, too. But, Ray, it's just it's a, such a bad look. And as a Knicks fan, like you said, I am disgusted, embarrassed, and distraught. And back to the court, we lose again. The Clippers come back without, you know, Chris Paul, Austin Rivers, DeAndre Jordan. And what, what I'm getting tired of is that everything gets blamed on Melo. Guess what? Porzingis can't stick players on the perimeter. Porzingis didn't block out DeAndre Jordan, who got that offensive rebound. So they're all to blame, Ray. And, I, and I'm at a place where I don't even know what I need, what I want. I just want something different. And so I guess I, I can say – Let's talk about 26 triple-doubles from Russell Westbrook. Is this the best individual playing you've ever seen? It might be because of what he has to do. Now, you could argue that James Hart's right there with him. Oh, yeah. Close. the things he has to do night in and night out. I mean, Michael Jordan did more offensively from a scoring standpoint, but triple doubles means that you're involved in every play essentially because you're either grabbing a rebound or pushing it up the court, getting an assist, scoring yourself. I think he must. I mean, this guy, this guy must be on Red Bull. <laughs> tapped straight into his veins, I'm surprised he hasn't collapsed. I mean, the amount of effort that he has to put in. He's in amazing shape. It's ridiculous. He's unbelievable. And I've never seen somebody do as much as he does on every possession for whatever he plays, 35, 36 minutes a game. LeBron does a lot. Yeah. But but he doesn't do what... what, uh, And it's not like Russell doesn't play defense either, Ray. He plays good D. And he's averaging 30, 10, and a 10, 30, 10, and 10, but it's almost 30, 11, and 11. It's like 10.8 and 10.6 or something. So, I mean, it's – and what they said was when Oscar averaged a triple-double, there are 10 teams in the league, not 32. We know there's not as many and as good as athletes back then. And he had 41 triple-doubles for the season. Well, 
Russell, 26. He's on pace to break 41, Ray. This is this is this is legendary. Well, he has five games, where, and so does James Harden. James Harden has six, I think. But he has five games where he was one assist or one rebound away from a triple double. So even Let me ask when you he's not getting it, he's very close. Let me ask you a question though, because we both feel that Harden, if they both keep up this exact same pace, we both feel because of record, Harden would probably get the MVP. But if Russell averages the triple-double, let's say they don't stay at the seventh seed, let's say they move up to five or six, and he has marquee wins, even the you know, last month of the season, if Saturday night you know, they, they beat the Warriors at home on ABC, do you think that Russell, with the marquee wins and averaging the triple-double, would get the MVP anyway? even though Harden might have the third seed compared to the sixth seed, let's say? I think so. I think it's it's like Miguel Cabrera. If you win a triple crown. Yeah, you got to like acknowledge what that give, is. <laughs> you got to give it to him. You gotta, and, and, look, it's not like he's on – you know, the Sixers, the worst team in the league, or, or the or the Knicks for that matter, the Knicks or the Sixers or the Timberwolves or, or you know, a, a team that's terrible by record. If it's the difference between th- the, the, the third and the sixth playoff spot or even the third and the seventh or eighth, as long as he's in the playoffs, I got to think the tie goes to the guy that sets the triple-double record, right, the guy that breaks Oscar Robertson's record for triple-doubles. Let's say he gets 45 triple-doubles and they're in the seventh seed I got to think he wins MVP. Now, that's not to say that if you looked at James Harden's year in the past 30, 40 years, that he wouldn't be one of the top five performances in the past three decades. It's Uh, just that uh, they both happen to be at the same year. Now, you and I both think that Harden should have won his first, uh, um, Steph Curry's first MVP should have been Harden's. Yes, we both feel that, yep. Without a doubt. That's to me like that, and that's the one where the players they didn't do it last year, but they did their own awards and they gave it to Harden. And I wasn't neither one of us were upset at that because you know that guy, he he he's done a lot and he's doing a lot now. Um, some sad news: Jabari Parker Ray tears the left knee. I can't remember before was it the left or right, but this time it was the left. Yeah, and and tear, he's out for the season. Tears the ACL in the knee. Um, was doing what, like 20 or almost 21 points a game? 20 a game, yeah, 20.1. Let me ask you, how disappointing is it for him and the Young Bucks? So, you know, let's be honest, they they started off good and they've been fading, but between him and Giannis, they have a promising future. They might not make, might not have made the playoffs anyway. I think they're like the 10th seed, but is is his career going to be changed because of these ACLs do you think and is his draft pick number two is it a I can't say disappointing but like how do you look at this like going forward for the for the guy you know look you you can never predict injury and when the guy was on the court he got better and better and he's averaging 20 a game on a team where Yanis Antetokounmpo is averaging 24 a game so it's not like He's the only option. He's the second option on that team. And Jabari Parker has nothing to feel bad about. 
will he have to change his game a little bit? You know what? He was never the most athletic guy, and he was always a talented, gifted offensive player. And the guy I look back at is, is our guy, Bernard King, who mm. had to change his game a little bit. He wasn't as explosive anymore from the baseline. He had to learn how to j- shoot straight on. He used to face the basket. He learned how to face the basket a little bit more. Remember, he used to play back to the basket on the baseline. He was a tremendous finisher. So Jabari Parker's going to have to be a little bit like that. The problem is he's never going to get that long-term contract. You blow out, you blow out that same knee twice. You're not going to get that long-term contract. So he might have to be one of these free agents, one of these guys that who's the second or third option on the team, your offensive guy. Put it like this. He's the poor man's Carmelo Anthony. So, But he'll always be a defensive liability right now. He will I mean, be, not that he was a great defender before, but now – I mean, he's got, especially he's in, this, in this NBA, as a small forward with a, with a torn up knee, uh, who wasn't great laterally to begin with. Yes, you're right. But there's always and you're going be... up against Durant, LeBron, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard. I mean, let's keep it real. The small forward and the point guard are almost at their apex of of talent but, in the league. But there's a guy like him that just gets buckets. And he's in that old school Bernard King, Alex English, uh, uh, Carmelo Anthony's probably the only one I can think of in this era that's like that. Just a guy that away. gets buckets out of bed. He just rolls up, puts on his sneakers, and gets buckets. So if you need a guy that, yes, he's a defensive uh, line, but probably now with the knees, probably below average defensively, but he can give you – I mean, he's perfect to be a six-man and he he'll have he'll have he'll have an NBA career. He'll still have a ten you know ten more years on his NBA career. He's just that talented offensively. I gotta say something. Last night watching OKC in Cleveland, and I'm glad by the way Cleveland played their guys. You know I, I hate it when you sit your star two or three players and you're only in going to February. Western City once. Um, you know because they're at OKC, so that's the only time the fans get to see these guys. But, Ray, I don't know how much you saw the game, but I saw a move. Did you see Kyrie? First of all, Kyrie's handle is out of this world. But he did a, a, a move where he was dribbling, faked the pass, and then, like, caught the ball, brought it back, and then, like, made a basket. Kyrie, it, it, watching him and Russell play and go at it, it's – it's sick. And then, of course, after that, you get the treat of Isaiah Thomas uh, going up against Dame Lillard, which was outstanding as well. Um, are we by far in the golden era, era and golden age of point guards? I mean, there's such a plethora. I mean, look, Isaiah, again, and I have to say, Ray, if we're being fair, Isaiah Thomas is third in the MVP ballot. Um, no slouch at all, dropping another 34 last night. Is this the golden era? It might be because the other eras were top-heavy. You know, they had two or three guys, Magic and Isaiah Thomas, and, you know, the the list of point guards goes on and on and on. But if you think about it, Isaiah Thomas might be the – he might be third in the MVP voting, and he might be the seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth best point guard in the league – I mean, you, you're talking about – forget about the top five. Think about the next five. Dame Lillard, John Wall, 
I mean, uh, Kyle Lowry. These yeah. guys are really good, and they're in the second five. I mean, you know, the, the, the top five are all-time greats. I mean, they're Hall of Famers right now. Uh, obviously, got to play a few more years, but you're talking about Westbrook and Harden and Curry. I mean, these guys are CP3, Chris Paul. CP3, yeah. yeah. These guys are untouchable. But, but you talk about point guards 5 to 15, and they're <laughs> – you might get some Hall of Famers out of them, too. You're certainly going to get multiple, multiple-time All-Stars. So, yeah, th- this might just be the age of of the uh, small man, the point guard, you know, the athletic point guard, the scoring point guard. It- it's Don't forget it's about great. our boy in Charlotte, New York's finest, Kemba Walker, making the All-Star game this year, doing big things as well, Ray. It's, uh, it's impressive. It's it's really impressive. And before we uh, leave and get to the college hoops, when the Sixers, who won again last night in Orlando, and, and kudos to them, they're having a, a pretty decent season. When they get Ben Simmons going, and if they actually have him be their pure point, which is fascinating because I don't know if you heard the rumors with them and the Pelicans trying to trade Okafor for Drew Holiday, who they got rid of. They got you know, like, kind of Yeah, Holiday was essentially Nerland's Noel. <laughs> So they traded him for the draft rights to Nerlens, and now they want him back for Okafor. Yeah. That's pretty funny. I almost feel like don't trade Okafor, trade Nerlens, right? It should be like Nerlens for you know that's just comedy. But if Ben Simmons was the pure point guard, could he like be that like sort of shining, unique unicorn star, you know, like Magic Johnson, where he would stand out against all these other great point guards now? But I don't know if Simmons is a pure point. He's more like a point forward, like a, our boy Paul Peretti. Got to mention him on the show. But do you think Simmons could stand out at that position and actually be like a Giannis? So and the Harden, question is going, going back to the, the big Giannis point experiment. I think you said it right. I think the Giannis hmm. experiment is what you need to keep your eye on, right? Same body type. Same athletic ability. I mean, Giannis was probably more athletic than Ben Simmons, but same, roughly the same size, roughly the same body type. Can Giannis really set the mark as as the new age, you know, unbelievably athletic point guard? I'm not sure that I want Ben Simmons at six eleven. On he can also rebound, and he oh, can yeah. also you know, create for other people, and he can also be a decoy. My personal bet, just like when LeBron was playing the point too much, I said, you don't want to waste 6'8 to 260 on the point because he can do some things going towards the basket, rebounding, setting screens, pick and roll. So similarly, I I would like to see him play some minutes at point, but I don't know that – he's my pure point guard. I'd rather have a Drew Holiday. I'd rather have a, a guy who his whole basketball career, I don't know about T.J. McCollum, as, as a backup, uh, right? Wait, wait. He's all right. He's all right. He's all right. But as a backup, as a backup, I'm trying to win a championship here. So I would rather see him play five to ten minutes, and maybe he's the guy, instead of having your classic D.J. Augustine backup point guard type, then you give right. Ben Simmons five, ten minutes at the point, during the game, but I don't need him playing 35 minutes at the point. No, I, I would definitely agree with you. So best best bet, let's wrap up the NBA. Best bet, Saturday night, two questions. 
and I'll ask it to both of us. Does Kevin Durant get more boos than cheers? And is it is it right? I mean, he obviously never delivered the chip, but you know, donating to tornadoes and this and that, and a great ambassador, and put Oklahoma City in the map. And do the Warriors come in there and 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 take out OKC and Westbrook? Real quick, I would say for me, they boo him, but then you hear a little bit of cheers, deservedly so. Classy guy, but you have to boo him because he went to the arch enemy who they just lost to in game seven and didn't really, you know, say goodbye to Russell and the fans the proper way. And then I think the warriors go in there and they actually beat them. But Russell gets a triple double. That's how I see Saturday night, classic game, ABC, maybe like 110, 106 warriors win. Yeah, I, I think both of your statements are true. Warriors are the better team. Warriors are going to come in and try to defend Kevin Durant's honor. Russell Westbrook's going to play out of his mind. He may foul out or he may, you know, overplay <laughs> if that's possible. Uh, the guy puts up so much effort, but he's just going to be in fifth gear the Did whole time. Did he bring trip. the backboard? Bring it home, Jerome. <laughs> Send it home, Jerome. He might. But ultimately, the Warriors are just too good. And just like the Warriors handled them in Golden State, they'll handle them in Oklahoma. And as for the fans, i got to believe the fans are going to cheer, ultimately. This guy, Kevin Durant, put this franchise on the map. He can't, Remember, he got drafted by Seattle. He didn't even get drafted by Oklahoma City. He moved after one year as a rookie in Seattle. They moved to Oklahoma City. He embraced it. He re-signed, what was it, three, four years ago. No fanfare, no nothing. I just re-signed at 12.01. And so, yeah, maybe he left you high and dry at the end, but he put in his time. And that's the whole thing about free agency. It's collectively bargained. You, You didn't break any contract. You have every right to be a free agent, and he put in his time in Oklahoma City. He went to school in Texas, so people remember him that one year in Austin. I think you'll hear some boos, but I think overwhelmingly they'll cheer for him. They'll respect him. He hasn't been – he's kind of said things under his breath, but he hasn't been that vocal about leaving and about Russell and that sort of thing. So I think think they'll boo him. They'll cheer him, but, but they'll be drowned out. I think that the booze will be drowned out by the cheers. Let's get to college hoops because last night, and we'll get to the games this weekend, but last night we had some nice treats of two, you know, big time matchups in the ACC 18 beats eight Duke in a back and forth battle, a lot of NBA talent, um, you know, Grayson with the, with the threes, 25 points, uh, seven threes, outdoes Justin Jackson, who, um, who is – him and Barry are so talented, Meeks and the boys. Were you surprised that Duke was able to pull away? Do you think Carolina just had trouble trying to get it inside and get their buckets? And is Duke – I guess I threw this out there on Twitter. I mean, we'll get to the other game, UCLA coming back and beating Oregon. But – what's your thoughts on this as as well as the game, but are Duke and UCLA quiet 
talented sleeping giants that can make a Final Four run. Give me your thoughts on the Tar Heel game and then just the, the Duke-UCLA Final Four run. Yeah, Duke has so many guys. Oof. This is one of the deepest teams that Coach K's ever had. Now, granted, they're all freshmen. Uh, the depth is wow. coming from freshmen. we got a couple right? of veterans, Kennard and Allen. No, no, but the depth is coming from the freshmen. Oh, yeah, the yeah, starters, yeah. right, Allen and Kennard. This team could win the national championship. I mean, you know, Tatum, and they didn't, they're not even getting anything from from Henry Giles, who's the Did you see that dunk one. by Tatum when he, went and he oh, came in? Oh, my gosh. But then, he, but then he hits threes, too. I mean, he scored nothing in the first half and then 19 in the second half. So, <laughs> and, you know, Jones has got your, got your experience, and Emil Jefferson has got Jones. your experience. Matt Jones. So, Jones and Jefferson – Kennard, and obviously, you know, the potential ACC Player of the Year uh, candidate, right? But but by the way, Kennard is more. He's no, Kennard is the best player on the team, and who knew? Kennard is the best player on the team because, and that's what I was telling you, not just because he's a lefty, but he's just consistent. <laughs> he's a consistent yeah. offensive scorer. I feel like Grayson Allen is up and down. But this kid, Luke Kennard, is consistent. He's had at least five or six games, Ray, over 30, like good high 30s. He's, he's, he's really impressed me. Yeah, and so this Duke team is, is, is unbelievable, uh, the talent, right? If this team stayed together for two, three years, they could win a couple national championships. They could be the Florida team of, of 2006, 2007. Now, that won't happen in today's day. <laughs> Everybody goes pro, but that Nobody's team is that talented. Saying. As for uh, UCLA, this kid Lonzo Ball is—he's the next Jason Kidd. I mean, you could just see Jason Kidd in him. You know, we make these analogies, but but I feel very confident in saying that he—he'll have a career trajectory just like Jason Kidd. And he, don't he sleep really on his makes, brother Lomelo dropping 92 points this week. Oh my goodness, that's just ridiculous. <laughs> Ray, the balls we'll can him. ball. The balls can ball. Ball. And there's a third brother. Yes. And there's a third brother. It's, it's, it's great. It's a great story. And good for UCLA, too, Ray, because uh, Alford's son needed some help. And he's been a good recruiter there. And now I think they've got a team that's got some depth, a ton of talent, and Ball being such an unselfish, versatile player, UCLA and the Pac-12. Pac-12 yeah. and ACC might be the two best, and right there with the Big 12. Those three conferences. Oh, so we, we got a caller. Let's up. see. Let's yeah, see let's... what the caller has to say. Hello, caller. You're on the air with Ray and Tay. What's your name and where are you calling from? Hello, caller. Caller, you're on the air. Maybe they All right, maybe have some technical difficulties, but yeah. yes, those those conferences. I mean, the Pac-12. But can you can you tell Bill to stop with his Pac-12, the Conference of Champions? I, just I love Bill Walsh. Yeah. I hate Bill. But tell Walsh. me how funny any broadcast with him is comedy, and it was great. Him and Dave Pash talking to Dick Enberg. Another yeah, legend. So the Dick Ember tribute game. was legendary. Magic yeah. was in the audience. They, they had a lot of fun with it. And, and Bill Walton it, does make it fun. Oh, God. <laughs> he makes it. It's, he it's makes it comedy. But because I, you know I, what you I, love, Ray, the tangents that he goes on. And remember, you know, we've had some Twitter talk with him, uh, you know, kind of friendly to the show. And Bill Walton, it, it's a delight. 
anytime you see a Pac-12 game and he's doing it, it's musty TV, sort of like Barkley on TNT. It's just too much fun. You can't miss it. Now, speaking of can't miss, Gonzaga got another win. They're still undefeated, um, taking care of Loyola Marymount. So we'll see how they do. You know, they'll be tested at St. Mary's. If they beat St. Mary's, I believe they're basically 26-0 and will probably run the table and stay undefeated, get the number one seed. I think this weekend we get the top 16 in the brackets, either Sunday or Monday. I don't know when they're announcing. Uh, real quick, your thoughts, Villanova at Xavier this weekend. Could we see Villanova fall to a tough Xavier team? Possible, but I think Villanova's had their two losses. They've gotten over themselves. They got it out of their system, and now they're getting ready. I don't think they'll lose again until the NCAA tournament. Okay. Now, look, we'll talk more about this as it comes up, but real quick, do you have any thoughts that the 49ers would try to go after Kirk Cousins, or do the, the Redskins just say, we're going to you know, give him the get a deal with Kirk Cousins, or we'll give him another franchise tag? I think Redskins keep Cousins, whether it's via franchise or otherwise, so nobody is going to sign him away from Washington. So the musical chairs is not going to include Cousins. It'll be Cutler and Romo and, and Romo, maybe guys Glenn, like Glennon yeah. and Jimmy Garoppolo. But well, I think be... Carson Palmer coming back limits where you know Romo and these guys can go. Do you think the Bears try to move away from Cutler, and do they try to go after Garoppolo or Romo? Yes, I think the Bears move away from Cutler. I don't know that they'll go after Romo. I think Romo's the type of guy that you go after if you feel like you're a year or two away from winning a Super Bowl because that's probably all he's got left in him with his back. But that's not, and that's not the that's not the Bears. So I think the Bears are going to look for a young guy to build around. What about well, well, I don't know. I guess they don't like Matt Barkley. I was kind of impressed with Matt Barkley. I thought he did a good job considering what was around him. And there's rumors that they might franchise tag um, Alshon Jeffrey again because uh, they don't want to lose him, which would be smart because I'm telling you the Rams and a bunch of teams would jump on Alshon Jeffrey. Do you think Nick Foles gets a job, Ray? I don't see why not. I mean, I was he was one wondering. year under Chip Kelly that crazy? Um, <laughs> he did it. Like, to me, if you've done it once in the NFL, it's a sign that you can do it. Now, granted, yeah. the teams catch up to you, defensive coordinators have you on film, and maybe you're not as good as – Right, exactly. Maybe you're not as good as the 27 touchdowns and two interceptions, two whatever his statistics yeah. were. So I think he does. He's got to you know be one I'm... of the top 32 quarterbacks in the NFL, and if not, a very viable backup. I would believe so, and, you know, I thought, hey, I would have tried to roll with him over Alex Smith because I think at the end of the day he gives you a better chance. Um, kind of comedy in terms of what's going to happen with Fitzpatrick, Kaepernick. Are the Buffalo Bills going to make a huge mistake by, if they let go of Tyrod Taylor, and who do you think they'd bring in? Well, that answer, the second part answers the first part, right? It depends on who you bring in. If you bring in Tony Romo, um, then – Maybe not. If you bring in, you know, Mike Glennon or if you bring in Mark Sanchez or somebody like that, then absolutely. Uh, I like Tyrod Taylor. I think he's a solid quarterback. I don't love him, though. I never did. Uh, uh, you know me, I, there were guys that, out there that were getting a lot of public break portals. Uh, Tyrod Taylor, I'm not sure that I, I want to put 
go all in with these guys. I think he's he's a serviceable quarterback, but I just think that's about it. So if you want to move on from him, I'm okay with that, but just bring me somebody better. Don't move on just to move on because he's a serviceable quarterback. He seems like he gets along with folks in the locker room and they like him, so don't just get rid of him to get rid of him. Well, let's be honest, he's never, had, he's never had great wide receiver talent around him because Sammy Watkins has not played a full season. And then if your number two is Robert Woods and Charles Clay can't stay healthy, you know, he's had a good running game, but he's never had real weapons to throw to. I'll tell you this, Ray, Tony Romo would be a great fit there because that defense is legit and Sean McDermott's going to do a good job. Worst nightmare for the Jets before we uh, get out of here and end the show. If Jay Cutler comes to the Jets, are we at the point as Nick fans and Jet fans that we could almost take a break from both of our, our teams and just and give up. If, do you want to see Cutler in New York? Or no. is that your biggest nightmare? <laughs> no, I don't want to see him. Uh, I have no desire. I've seen him enough in Denver, in Chicago. Don't need to see him anymore. I know who Jay Cutler is. Brandon Marshall will be happy because Brandon Marshall and, and he had some big years in Denver and in Chicago, and they might reunite and it feels so good peaches and herb but i don't want to see it i've seen it before and it goes nowhere would you be upset if the jets took a shot on kaepernick or mike lennon no i wouldn't be surprised if they did and i wouldn't be upset because it's not like peyton manning's out there to be had it's not like brett Favre's out there to be had it's not like any of these top quarterbacks are out there to be had so you have to take a chance Kaepernick, I just worry about him in this media market having to deal with all that happened last year with the anthem and all that stuff. And I just think that the the mic's in his face all the time. He can handle himself, but I don't know. In this media market, I feel like that would just be a distraction looking backwards. Hmm. Yeah, no, I I might agree with you on that. Either way, it's a difficult situation I am fascinated to see, though, in terms of these quarterbacks, this is one of those off-seasons, you know, now that, you know, Palmer came back, but this is one of those off-seasons, do the Texans, you know, even do something with the fact that they're stuck, you know, with uh, Osweiler's contract, you know, what happens with all these guys? Because Fitzpatrick and Geno Smith are out there, you know, Matt Barkley, Nick Foles, we just mentioned, and then, you know, Brian Hoyer. There's so many guys, Ray, you kind of wonder when the musical chairs begin, who sits where, who gets bumped, and does a team surprise you? Do the Chiefs give up on Alex Smith? Do they go for Romo? You know what I mean? Does somebody, does somebody surprise you and take a shot? You know, are the Rams really happy with Goff, or do they go for a Romo with that great defense? You know, no one's talking about that. That could be a curveball. So there'll be a lot to talk about. We'll get to NFL free agency. It's going to be a great sports weekend, some good college hoops, great NBA, and uh, next weekend's NBA All-Star weekend. So we'll begin next week. You know, we've got a guest coming up for you. Um, So it should be a fun sports week and sports weekend, and we will definitely get to NFL free agency and the draft as it starts to come up because the combine's coming up, you know, Ray. So there's a lot to talk about. So, Enjoy, enjoy OKC and, and the Warriors and Russell. And tonight, Ray, must see TV, the Knicks at the Garden. 
how 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 loud will the boos be tonight for Dolan at the Garden Ray? And what do you think the fans will cheer? Well, I don't even know if he'll go. If he's smart, he might stay in a booth and not be seen. <laughs> but if he is, well, do they take it out on Phil? And remember, they're playing the eighth seed in the West, the Denver Nuggets, who, you know, are a bunch of former Knicks and Chandler and Gallinari. Uh, this could be really uh, – this is must-see TV too, right? I mean, the Denver Knicks game is going to be a pretty fascinating game tonight at MSG. Yeah, unbelievable how the Knicks are still – kind of looking back at that trade and saying we could have got, and this is what we said all along, we could have got Carmelo without giving up all these guys and giving him a no-trade clause. But that's let bygones be bygones. Yeah, Knicks fans are going to have some pent-up frustration. Uh, If they start winning, it'll ease a little bit. But right now, there'll be a lot of booze going on. And you know what? People might stop going to these games. You might start seeing more and more empty seats like you did five years ago. That's where Dolan will get hit, right, right? If people stop showing up because – between Phil and Dolan, they are really starting to anger. I mean, if you read stuff on Twitter, Nick fans are pissed. And they are – it's almost 95 94% backing Oakley, if not higher, Ray. And um, uh, we'll see how it goes. So, anyway, great show. Let's still hope the Knicks can win. And Well, actually, let me ask you this. Before we end it, do you want them to win and salvage the season and make the eighth seed and get swept by the Cavs? Or do you want them to start to tank, maybe even trade or cut Melo, and try to get a, a better draft pick in a very deep and talented NBA draft? What do you want? Draft, draft, draft. And that's you how need we more end talent it. on this team. You need more yeah. talent, especially if in short order you're going to lose Melo and Rose. You need more talent. You need more Kristaps Porzingis's. You need guys in their early and mid-20s that are making contributions. And we're ki- killing ourselves with that four-year NOAA contract. All right. Great show.